Hey there, I am Matt, and I am from Royal Canoe, and you are listening to the Music A to Z podcast. Z podcast. I am Steve Ferguson. And I am Douglas Ferguson. Two months. It's been two months. Has it been two months? It's been two months since Kasabian. Well, wow. That, that, I've been... Well, there's been a few things. I'm now down to one job. That's going to make this way, way easier. That helps a lot. Yeah. I, I was uh, I was pretty close to recording last week, but I got real sick. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to, to, die, to die for a little bit. Yes. <clears throat> By the way, congratulations on your miraculous recovery. I'm back, everybody. <laughs> I've seen worse. Look who's back. Back, back again. again. Doug, Doug is, is back. back. So we got a couple things to get out of the way before we get into our episode. Uh, let's get into some music news. The first one leads into our... like. I'm going to ask you a question about some stuff, and then it leads directly into our music news. You went to go see Fleetwood Mac. I did. Yeah, so tell tell me about Fleetwood Mac. How was how was Fleetwood Mac? They uh they were good. They were a band. Mm-hmm. And they went onto a stage mm-hmm. and performed live music. Mm-hmm. Um and it turns out a lot of these songs they played were very well known, quite mm-hmm. popular back in their day. You said that there was um there were some some unexpected tracks though, were there not? Oh, well, yes. Uh I mean they played all the like a lot of their hits, uh, they played a good chunk of rumors because uh, you know everyone everyone knows and loves rumors, and uh, they they missed a few uh, songs that I was hoping for, like Tusk and um, Hold Me. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have Hold Me, um, which I'm a little surprised by because I thought I thought those were pretty pretty big singles for them, but uh, Lindsey Buckingham was not there, mm-hmm. one of the primary songwriters and singers, but they had a couple of um, replacement members one was a guy from tom petty's band another guy was uh, a dude from uh, crowded house so they played a few songs that are well known from the, those those catalogs uh don't dream it's over by crowded house the two bandmates i think you're referring to are mike campbell and neil flynn neil yeah neil flynn. mike campbell and neil finn neil finn he's crowded house right yeah, yeah yeah so they played don't dream it's over by crowded house it's and uh, and uh free falling by uh tom petty band mm-hmm. i did it was just kind of uh it was it was nice it was a nice little touch it looked like fleetwood mac and tom petty had a pretty good relationship back in the day and as we i i, I think we covered it on the show that tom petty passed away i think it was just yeah, last we did year right it, yeah. yeah it was kind of an a, a kind of an extra little emotional moment and yeah it was a it was a nice it was a nice show there you know the at this point they're all they've been doing this for so long uh they they, they know what they're doing uh mick fleetwood the giant that he is mm-hmm. Uh, still very spry uh, and a uh, very enthusiastic drummer. Mm-hmm. You know, good showmans. It's uh, I was at the very far back, about as far back as you can get. <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, about as far as we were when we went to see the U2 Vertigo tours. So, oh, yeah. Which was uh, right against the wall. Nice. But, you know, that day, these days, that's kind of... That's what you do with the big shows. That's why they have the big screens to watch them on. So. Basically. Yeah. The reason why Lindsey Buckingham wasn't there... Was because he was engaged in with a in a lawsuit with Fleetwood Mac. They had fired him basically, and apparently it has something to do with Stevie Nicks making some 
some speech he gave and then he was apparently disrespectful blah 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 whatever so they fired him and they slash her it's hotly contested as to how the firing was actually done and so he he has a lawsuit she's like you can't just kick me out like this and blah 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 so uh anyways needless to say that lawsuit has now been settled yeah buckingham wasn't like trying to he even said openly he's like he's not this isn't a vindictive thing this is a business related thing and so this he also said hey you know this kind of opens the door back to you know a full unification and that's cool but what uh, what is the outcome of the lawsuit then it was a settlement. It was just settled. Okay. So, I mean, terms of settlements generally aren't aren't disclosed, but they settled. Probably something like, oh, yeah, 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 fine. Here, have some money. I mean, <laughs> that's usually what it is, anyways. They got money to tour around, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they just came off a tour. Uh, so that's what happened there. Uh, I got a notification in other news. Just today, Pogo has released a new track called Moon Lake. Cool. Yeah. I'll look at that sometime. At some point, I will listen. Probably listen to that tonight. Now for possibly one of the biggest music-related news in the year, uh, if not more, that changes. Uh, like hot damn, does this change? Does this change uh, streaming? Did you hear about Taylor Swift's contract with Universal Music Group? Uh no. Okay. She re-signed her contract with Universal Music Group and Republic Records. But there was a provision in the contract. As part of her joint contract with the label, they must hand over to artists on a non-recoupable basis a portion of the windfall from what Spotify shares in the future. So any shares they have in Spotify, they have to divvy up with their artists. Not to Taylor Swift. To all their artists. Oh. Yeah. This. I mean, this is huge. This is, this is a huge, huge deal. This is basically, okay, if you want to keep me, then all your shares, your you know, in Spotify, you're divvying up with with the other other artists. And Universal was just like, okay, fine. So they're they're fine. I mean, Clearly, like, she is extraordinarily valuable to them, mm-hmm. like un- irreplaceably valuable. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's incredible that people still want to listen to Taylor Swift after "Look What You Made Me Do." <laughs> like, like honestly, that's that is really the miracle of the story. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, the three biggest record labels, Universal, Sony, and Warner, they all took shares, and they all kind of promised. They said, yeah, that's something that we're going to look into. Taylor Swift said to Universal, no, we're doing it now. I mean, this is going to have repercussions with the with the other labels, and um, because now it's going to be an expectation that artists are going to have. You know, it's just like, they, oh, well, hey, Sony, yeah. hey, Sony, yeah, well, yeah, I know you want to sign me, but you don't offer Spotify shares. I could go to Universal and get Spotify shares, you know? Mm. I mean, that's it, just one of those things that levels the playing field, you know, where it's just, all of a sudden the other labels are like, ah, damn it, this is something that we have to do it as well. And it takes very few few artists who could have the cojones to do something like that. And I think we're not going to see, I don't think she's going to be the only artist who's now going to have this caveat. I think there's going to be other artists who are going to pull Taylor Swift and when they have, have time to get re-signed, they're going to be like, yeah, and those Spotify shares, let's, uh, let's get those going too. Well, I got to say, uh, it's kind of nice that... Uh... Someone like Taylor Swift's looking out for the little guys. Yeah. I don't know any numbers, any percentages, anything like that. That That's probably, to be honest, that's probably the sort of, like, actual figures is probably stuff that's not necessarily going to be published. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's the sort of thing that would be negotiable, where, like, where like Universal says, ah, eh, 4%, Taylor's, like, 20 and, you know, back and forth, that sort of thing. You know, it's good that there's sort of, there's there, this is a, becoming a trend, because I think that uh, it's easy... With uh, things like Spotify and, and everything to kind of like 
I think that the uh, the the labels were getting like the better end of the whole Spotify thing, much oh, more than sure. much more than the artists. Well, that's why they all signed on and bought shares, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that this is a good way to like again kind of empower the the artists. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be good, and it's I think it's gonna be a good thing. Well, let's get into our podcast. This week we're dealing with a uh, we're dealing with a request from your fiance. Oh yeah, I've met her. Yeah, yeah, once or twice. I'm, does she own uh, a lot of a lot of our vet? This our uh, our topic this week. Does she does she own a lot of it? She's requesting this more on the behalf of her sister, I believe. Hmm. In that this is, I believe, uh, her sister's favorite band. I see, which means that her sister might be listening. What's her sister's name? Kim. Hi, Kim. Thanks for listening. Share it with your friends. <laughs> okay, now who the hell are we covering today? Lydia. Whenever I hear Lydia, my first thought is the track by Her Space Holiday. Uh, it's my favorite track, it's good, by, it's good track by Her Space Holiday. It's a good song. Uh, this is not bad at all. So the first thing that I, we have to get out of the way, everybody, this is what I, this is the first thing I learned about Lydia. Hmm. Once diving into this, uh, the research here, turns out Lydia is not the name of the singer. Mm-mm. It is in fact a band of mm. men. <laughs> yes. Of many men, something that I learned upon research was, good lord, the band lineup changes. Oh my god. Yes. All the time. Hard to keep track of. Hard to keep track of. Uh, originally from Gilbert, Arizona. Arizona or Gilbert, I should say, is southeast of Phoenix. It was once known as the hay shipping capital of the world. Oh, good um, During World War I, they uh, produced a lot of alfalfa hay for the cavalry. Mm-hmm. But these days, you could know it as a community of excellence. The climate, according to Wikipedia, is listed as enjoyable. So you're saying, telling me if I go there, yes, I will enjoy that climate. Well, apparently, we could both go there and be like, hmm, it's pretty this good. is enjoyable. It's a good this climate. Good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm done with it. Wow. Okay, so Leighton Antelman and four other friends began as Rolo Fifteen while in Greenfield Junior High. Now, I don't know about you, but Rolo 15, I am a big fan of Rolos, and I could probably eat 15 of them. So, I think I that's what they were going for. Wait, 15 whole Rolos or 15 little pieces of Rolos? Either. It's the individual, like, Either. little... Okay. Which one's probably better for me? 15 little pieces of Rolo. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, now here's the thing, though, is that, um... This is a little hard information to verify. I went through several sources, and for stars, you're probably like, go to Wikipedia and check out the links. No, no, no. Broken and valid links all over the place. Oh. All music is pretty short. Uh, and then there were a couple other websites I was looking through, too. Um, there's just not that much info, consistently good, concise info about them out there for some reason. Um, so this is this episode should be subtitled, 
Lydia's secret past. The secret past of Lydia. I have tried to compile as much information. Actually, even up to today, I had to go back and revise some some lineup history stuff. Now, I've watched a couple interviews with uh, Mr. Antleman, and uh, I like him. He's, he seems to be a really likable guy because he seems very, very down to earth, but like very real. Um, and he's either, you know, kind of awkward in the interview, you know, not really good with the eye contact and just kind of like hanging back or outrageously drunk, which I assume he does just to kind of like loosen up, you know. And then he's just like, well, one more won't hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. I, assume, I assume. Okay, okay. He definitely was totally toasted during one or two interviews. If you're just like, that's how he is, man. No, no, no. He was definitely completely sloshed during a couple interviews. After several name and lineup changes, the band seemed to got, come together as Antelman on vocals, Maria Say de Cecilia on vocals and keyboards, uh, Stephen McGraw on guitar and organ, Lauren Brinson on drums, and Dustin Forsgren on bass. Meanwhile, Scoodle, Scoodle, Scoodle. Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLong, who you might recognize from Blink-182, they formed a, a co-formed a clothing brand called Atticus, which has a very curious logo of a dead bird. Mm. Atticus has released a number of compilation albums with upcoming and, upcoming and established acts called... Dot, 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 Dragon Lake. Looking for bodies? Looking for dead birds, possibly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lydia got their break on Volume 3. Which also included Taking Back Sunday, Death Cab for Cutie, Fall Out Boy, Alexis on Fire, and Betty and Sound Clash. Given the roster, I can imagine these albums were very popular among emo skateboarders. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Or just like, you know, or, you know, or just indie kids who like, yeah, no, they're, they're not going to answer their phone when mom calls. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. now, mom. Mom, come on, I'm with my friends. But let's jump forward in time to September the 27th, 2005, with the very curiously titled This December... It's one more and I'm free. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was mixed by Corey Sprotts, produced by Antelman and McGraw. So already from the get-go. I mean, these are fairly young guys, but they're they're hands-on with producing this album. Uh, what are your thoughts on this December? It's one more and I'm free. Oh, okay. By, by the way, sorry. It's mm. one more what? One more what? I'm free of the year? One more day? One more month? I'm free of the year? I know you know the answer to this. It's one more time listening to one more time. And then you're free of it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. What do you think? Uh, I see. It's a it's a nicely written album. It's very melancholic without like slathering it on. Mm. You know, like it's not it's not it's not dripping in melancholy, but it's it's just kind of like lightly marin- marinated in it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious about the sound quality mm. because the version I found was uh, there was no version on Spotify. Mm. So the version I found was on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that was from the original the original recording or if it was just a little rough because of uh, the way it was compressed and then put onto YouTube. So is that the uploader's fault or just like, I don't well, know. Well, that's like, tough because, again, it was produced by the two of them. Yeah. So, so. It, is, like, it is a debut album mm-hmm. of a very indie band. So it's like, that's the thing. I'm not really sure. So is it is it a YouTube file or the original that's rough? So I can't. It's hard for me to like properly judge it on its production quality because I'm unsure. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't read any reviews that's that you know lambasted the production. So I, I actually I don't recall it seeing mentioned. Yeah. So, so it could be just the compression of the file yeah. or something like that. So I don't want to hold it against it. Also, like it wasn't that bad. Yeah. So it was like, but it was just sort of it was noticeable. I I taste some flavors, mm, of uh, brand new and. Mm. Uh, 
fire theft in there. Um, oh. So and it's uh, would they have heard of fire theft? I maybe <laughs> okay. I, I, don't know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if because uh, the the predecessor band of fire theft was a band called Sunday Day Real Estate, okay. which was pretty well known. So the 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 roots are the roots are probably there, um, in the in the same same places anyway. Anyways, it's nice when it takes some uh, instrumental detours. Because uh, it occasionally risks sounding a little too redundant, hmm. and I feel like it, it when it when it takes those little detours of the, the little instrumental noodling and stuff like that. I feel like that's where this album kind of shines out the best. Hmm. Yeah, but I feel like vocally it it has a lot of familiarity to it, um, but it's not as necessarily a bad thing. It's it's, a, it's pretty good. It's pretty good listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First off, I love the cover, and I'm actually going to say this a lot in that on the whole, Lydia, the cover art, um, I enjoy. I like the cover art a lot. I think I think it tends to be fairly powerful or fairly interesting or both. It tends to be. And this one is definitely no exception. Which is great because I mean like, okay. I mean, I don't want to lambast it. But after a while you get kind of bored with picture of the band or scenery even. You know? You know, just like, or I don't know. Or like the band's name with like some colors and some worship uh the album itself i find to be a fairly well-paced jaunt even at 50 minutes and this is something that i don't think they ever suffer from in any of their albums i never wrote down for any of their albums that their albums dragged or that there's a problem with the pacing the pacing always seems to be on point which even if i, I like to whatever degree i like the album uh, i can never say oh man is this album still going it's it seems to just momentum seems to be good and even from their first album they seem to be on top of that and that's and like honestly, sometimes some some bands who've been around decades have a problem with that occasionally. Albums with drag, it just happens, right? So from the get go, I appreciate some of the more interesting time signatures employed. Anytime Maria sings, that's a plus. There was a fascination at the time with using vocal distortion to give a hardcore edge. Do you remember that sort of thing? Mm. Uh, yeah, but I feel like Antelman's voice doesn't need it. He doesn't. He doesn't need to kind of like warble his voice or or put a, uh, an echo on it or, or whatever to make it interesting. He has he has a fairly interesting voice. He doesn't have a bland voice that you know re- like Fallout Boy where he needs to kind of like amp it up or whatever to make people want to listen to it. So unfortunately, then it, then it mostly becomes just a gimmick that starts to weigh it down from song to song. Uh, her and Haley really showcases this as both the unmodified and modified voices play off against each other. Uh, likewise, they feed Maria's voice through a filter that makes it sound like an old-timey radio. That one I was okay with. The fade-out, then roar back with the guitar, was already a tired trend at this point, and I don't feel like it's aged well. So, you know, and out it comes, and then, you know, it comes back and stuff. Overall, honestly, I feel like Anselman and the others have a lot to say that they really want to get across, but they're having a hard time communicating it. So if you connect with it, you know, it's probably because they really managed to convey it to you. But for some of the heavy themes they explore, they might want to take it down a notch. I can't, you know, we're hardcore, we're hardcore, here's what we're going to say, but yeah, we're saying it. Uh, a camera lens and careful days succeeds in this connection, though. You don't need to lose your hardcore edge by stripping things down a bit. But this was their first time around the block. So taking that into account, yeah, I agree. It's, again, it's a good jaunt. It's a, it's a good album, a little too reminiscent of the the times, and again, that's sort of that skater rad mid two thousands. Yeah, but but definitely more on the contemplative side of that thing. Like sure. like it wasn't like when I think of skater, when I think of like skater music, I think of like Yellow Card and like mm. 
you know, where it's like, you know, like, yeah, like very, so it doesn't really, it doesn't really go through those familiar motions. No, Fallout Boy wishes they were this contemplative. I'm, I'm going to rag on Fallout Boy. I'm sorry. Uh, they had, I don't, I know very little Fallout Boy. They had an absolutely awful release this year. They had a couple lyrics I really liked. Um, so now we're used to the rain. We can swim and I'll say we were never worried because the floods will only bring the coast and the Atlantic closer. I really liked that. I that one really stood out for me. The strings of the last song highlight how unnecessary the vocal distortion is for December. So that that whole track, it really showed that what we needed was stripped down and raw. And and again, it's their first 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 trip around the block, and they had only graduated high school a few months prior. They're, I mean, they're young. They're, these are young guys, and they and they you're a bunch of kids. Yeah, and they and they produced this album as well as did the music and stuff. So so I mean, I'll absolutely absolutely give them props. Like a prop uh, hammer? Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yes. That's a good, Here you guys go. Here you guys go. And then they hit each other in the head and it goes... Rip, rip, or something like that. Or I can't really do a good squeaky sound. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I was thinking... Actually, that's exactly what I was thinking. Big old school mallets, actually. Yeah, yeah. That. Jump forward to March 18th, 2008. The album is called Illuminate. I have already seen... When I was scoping out some of the music videos... Well, I didn't even look at the music videos at all. Um, I will be honest. There's nothing really like oh man you gotta see this um okay but i guess if there was you probably would have sent it my way yeah yeah there were comments along the lines of ah, i don't know man it's a good song but just not as good as illuminate that was a masterpiece so apparently for a lot of lady of fans illuminate this next album their sophomore album mm. is the benchmark what do you think of illuminate well i'll say it's already less gloomy than the last one i uh <clears throat> so this wasn't even marinating in that uh, in that melancholy, it was more like uh, <clears throat> maybe maybe just like a like it sprinkles on, mm. you know, like it's on the barbecue and you go and and you know some of the sprinkles fall off because you flip it around a little bit, sure. And then uh, but you know the flavor kind of does seep in a little bit, but it's not it's not like soaked in there. Mm. You know what I mean? So not that much melancholy. Ah, oh, but I do really want some steak right now. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I really want some steak. I noticed that Lydia doesn't really rely on the traditional rock structures in this album mm. uh, most of these songs don't have really an obvious chorus and there's no hooks it's interesting this is an album of no hooks instead they focus on more like emotional arcs in the songs and uh and that seems to work for them the album starts off strong but uh you know what damn that i feel like the ending is weak that last that last track, I just like it peters right out. There's no, I, I didn't get any sense of finality from listening to it whatsoever. Hmm. But yeah, you know, there's it, it is interesting that um, that yeah, there's the whole time I was just noticing that like like I don't I don't know if any of these songs would like stand out to me, but there is definitely like a, an overall emotional feeling that the, the album leaves behind, which is you know I guess it it just kind of leaves a different almost like it it, it gives. You just provide something different than like I guess what you would do to if you were listening to a traditional kind of like 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 those some of those bands we mentioned before like mm. Yellow Card or Fall Out Boy or something like that like where they where the the hooks are strong and that's what you have to latch on to. A good it, Charlotte, I mean, I mean, they were like ninety five percent hook. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so this is just sort of like a, a, an interesting contrast to that, which is almost why the ending being so lackluster is disappointing because I feel like for a bunch of songs that sort of rely on that arc. For the album to not have 
a fulfilling arc as a whole is disappointing. I guess someone without the the, the sort of context and and having I mean someone who like listened to the catalog yeah. of Lydia rather than albums as they came out. Uh, this doesn't feel like a a benchmark of sorts, but it does. But it is good. Like I like it, but it's. It doesn't seem like, oh, like, oh, this is going to be the one to beat to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I really agree. I feel like uh, maybe they were already tired of that of that format, the one that I was criticizing with the last album. And they kind of wanted to do their own thing, which is why I think they've been kind of like up and down in terms of like notoriety, to be honest. You know what? They, they had all the makings of being like a uh, label darling for a particular audience. But I feel like they were more interested in just appealing to an audience that they wanted to appeal to. So I feel like that's that's why they they never quite never quite got as as big as, as some of those other acts we mentioned. There were already some major lineup changes. A couple years prior to 2006, Maria was replaced by Mindy White for touring, but then she apparently left that year, but she still appears on the album maybe. This so is this one of those cases where you can't really find concrete info? No, okay. it's 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 very frustrating. Percussionist Brenton, he was replaced by Craig Taylor. Bassist Evan Arambol replaced Forrest Gren, and Ethan Kuzer joined on guitars. Yeah, so I mean the I mean this is already a fairly huge lineup change, which could also really help explain the change in sound. You know, it's it certainly is a more introspective and melancholic album at times. Certainly, I really felt that that to the listener, and I was like, okay, great, that's good. It starts really well. The vocal mixing is done well with very low modification. And the, the piano is a nice inclusion right at the beginning. Sleep Well. Uh, great track. Really relaxed. Also fun. Now the one you once loved is leaving is heart-wrenching and very dramatic. But then Your Taste is My Attention, that last track, feels like it's... A, I felt like it was from the last album. It's, it sounded tonally to me like it would have been off the last album. And I concurred with you. It was just like... It's just, I felt it was more of a, just a strange closing track, but I guess you're right too. And it just, I don't know. It didn't sit well with me as the last track. I was just like, ah, no, no. It just felt uh, deflated. Yeah. yeah. Now the one you once loved is leaving. I thought would have worked. Great. Oh, so you, that that's, you think that should have finished? I off. think that should have closed the album. Okay. That to me felt like the logical follow up. Uh, you know, there's another one solution. Yeah. We have to go back in time and beat them up. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's settle then. So we traveled back in time, and now we're forward in time again, and we and, lost. Uh, yeah, yeah, they beat uh, us up. It was really, <laughs> it was up, actually yeah. quite embarrassing. Yeah, oh, but yeah. we told them about the podcast, yeah. and they said they were going to listen to it when it's done. Thanks, Lydia. Thanks, guys. Send us your feedback. <laughs> Doug, why don't you tell us about the uh, 2010 EP Assailants? <clears throat> well, Stephen, mm-hmm. it was apparently supposed to be the third album. Okay. However, due to some band members leaving and mm. them thinking that, that they're like, that's it. The band's done. We'll never make music again. Let's just release what we've recorded. Uh, that, that's what basically what this EP is. It's, sort of a, it's an unfinished album of mm. sorts. Uh, so it does finish, feel a little bit unfinished in that it's like, oh, that's it. Like it's it's just like it's a few songs, and it doesn't really feel like, um, like it's all like it's all there. Like it's kind of over and done with pretty fast. But what's there is pretty good. Uh, it's a step in the right direction, I'd say, production wise. Uh, more interesting synth work sprinkled throughout. Uh, the song "Music Makers" plays with some cool effects, and "Assailants," the title track, feels like a great endpoint. Like it feels it feels big. But yeah, so I thought it was uh, it was pretty 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 good, but mm. short. So, 
that's all I that's all I really had to say. There was not there's not really much to write about. Mm. So uh, kind of a cool day in the dead, Day of the Dead kind of cover art kind of thing happening. So there's that. So yeah, that was it. 2010. They were they were gone. They were done. But then they came back. <laughs> and mm-hmm. in his interview with Rock Forever magazine, Antelman was actually at a loss as to how how like how to explain why they were formed. They asked him point blank. They're just like, so why'd you guys decide to come back together and make music? He's just like, ah, you know, it just felt like something we had to do, sort of thing. He's like, well, you know, yeah. we were in a band, and then we weren't in a band, and I was like, you know what, I should be in again? A band. And so I got the band together, and here we are. Except it's not bands. <laughs> that was just a duo. Um, Painted Golden, October 4th, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, only Antelman and Taylor are in the band at this point. Craig, Craig Taylor, uh, percussionist. Produced by Matt Malpass. Self-released and still awesome cover art. I actually really like the cover art on this one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this one. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I actually, at this point, I was getting a little frustrated trying to figure out who the hell was in the band still. I was, I was getting yeah, legitimately yeah. frustrated. Did you call them? <laughs> I, I was going to, but yeah, you know. Yeah, um, not until you call and ask. Yeah, so it opens with the pleading Haley, which was a super nice touch. I actually felt that this really set the tone for the album. It, it was indicative of, of what was going to go on in the album musically, tonally, thematically. Like, there's a lot of gravitas to this album, and I thought that was great. Uh all in all, a little more consistent than the previous two albums, with a deeper connection to the material, but honestly, not as many high points, ultimately. Consistent, not as high. Hmm. Yeah. What do you thought? What do you thought? Well, you know, I guess I was kind of hoping for something a little different, because I, I guess a, I guess for a, 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 hey, look, everybody, we're, we're actually still a band. Hey. Kind of album. Uh, it sure feels like it's familiar territory because you know like i guess what is i i expected as the assailants ep was supposed to be like the the last album and and like sort of like an end of an era and then like no we're back we're actually back. we're still doing it back. um it was just all kind of kind of the same making music so yeah it sounds um, songs. but it is i don't know it does feel a little more uh tired i'd say um eat your heart out is charming though uh, so with some nice details uh seasons has some nice peaks but uh again like they dropped the ball on that final track with birds uh it just peters off and it's just not a good final track yeah just uh, deflates it and so like it did the album like i don't remember hating anything on it oh no no i was like uh you know it, uh, like i i don't also remember liking like really actively enjoying much on it either so it was it, it just felt like a very i don't know at this point it kind of felt like oh this is kind of what lydia does they just make these albums like this <laughs> and i don't know i was i was you know I, I, sometimes like it, it's just uh, maybe the mood i'm in or whatever so i don't wanna, like i don't want to like say don't listen to this album but I, I just i just walked away from it not feeling much yeah i just i just didn't feel much but uh, you know, nice cover art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so there's, so there's that. March nineteenth, twenty thirteen. Devil, self released again. 
not really doing a label thing. I mean, this is legit independence. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they're really they're really trying freedom. to pave their own path. There's freedom know? there for sure, but it must be really hard to distribute at some point too. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's getting the getting the name out. Mm-hmm. That's a tricky thing. This one was produced by Colby Wedgworth. My first comment was, "Who's still in the band?" <laughs> <laughs> at this point, everything is credited to Lydia. I mean, it's clearly Antman who's doing the lyrics. Maybe they but... are just like they just want to save people the confusion. And just like, you know what, we're just, whatever this project is, it's called Lydia, and you just have to accept it. And and while I, I think that argument does have some merit, if I were a musician and I came on board and worked on an album, to have the front man say, like, everything's credited to Lydia, I'd be like... Yeah, but yeah, no, but I, I'm the one who hit I'm, the drum. <laughs> yeah, you know, you I, know, I did guitars. You know, something like that. You know, throw me a bone. Well, um, you know, maybe if we got the actual CD copy, it'd probably have all the proper credits. That is something I was wondering. Yeah. Uh, sign I, I pose uh, a little later is I was wondering maybe the physical releases actually say something, but like legitimately, all music, discogs, all those entries and stuff like that are just not. Maybe it has something to do with being self-released, but I don't know. Discogs and all music tend to be really good sources. Yeah. Um, and, and looking at Lydia's Facebook page and their website, um, there's just not, they just don't put a lot of information out there except for like, here's where we're touring sort of stuff. Um, so I mean, maybe they're private people, which is fine. Cover art is a departure. It's far yes. less artistic, more of a bold statement. Um, I feel like Antelman wanted something new to reflect a new change in music. The music I feel less trendy, more alternative rock, less emo, more adventurous. Very catchy. I was immediately pulled into it, and it reminds me of Vampire Weekend. Man, I want to go buy a Mazda. All right. Zoom, zoom. Devil, the title track, has a great energy with a high-octane percussion line offset by Antelman's sweet lyrics and singing. Now I... Ooh, sorry, correction there. Yes. It's a... So sweet. No, it's not, but... No, it's... Okay, so it's just sweet. Sweet lyrics. Okay. Now I know, <laughs> dot dot dot, is a great reprieve song that seems to revolve, resolve and revisit several musical ideas from earlier. I, I'm a sucker for that. Oh, yeah, when yeah, a, when, yeah. a, when a song a nice has elements from previous songs and that's, that's, that recalls it, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. So I found this one to be a great album with a consistent fun tone that really conveys the adventure and thoughtfulness of being an adult in a young person's world. And introspection on one's own conflicted nature. I mean, those are two very strange ideas to pull into one album, but I thought they did it. It never gets heavy, though. Instead, it celebrates the small victories, and it acknowledges life continues in all its forms. So, so, so far up to this point, it's probably my favorite album by them. The devil, the devil made oh, you. Not that one. Yeah, I'm just killer. I'd say this is a change of pace and a clever one too, because the change was not jarring. It doesn't feel like it's a dramatic, like course correction. Uh, so it's not like it's not like a band going like, oh, we got to redefine ourselves in order to stay relevant. But uh, rather, it feels more natural, like. Uh, Oh, we're Green Day. <laughs> we're relevant. Sorry. Well, actually, I don't even. I, I haven't even listened to their last album. I hear it was uh, not good, but it felt like a band wanting to just expand their sound. And so, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's, uh, I, it's always admirable. I think when it, when a band actually like, you know, gives their sound a really good overhaul and makes it feel like natural. And I feel like this is one of those cases. Uh, now it's just full of swells and hooks. 
hooks. They have hooks. Sometimes sounding very like indie rock of 2013, but not like in a terrible way. I I kind of like kind of like you know the uh, the choir sounding moments like in in Devil and uh, Hurry Back Tonight. Like it just kind of just kind of gives it a, a really grand feeling at times. It's got catchiness. It's got sort of uh, a cool dramatic arcs, and uh, and I don't recall feeling let down by the ending track. So I, I think it was it was it was a good it was a good move. I think that yeah, this is one of the ones that kind of stood out as a really really solid release to me as well. Hmm. Yeah, September eighteenth, twenty fifteen. We come up oh. to. Uh, oh. I remember that year. I do too. Run wild. Great cover art. I really like it. There's there's a sand. I mean, you look at it, and it's you got the small cabin and this. It's a large forest, but not thick. It's tall, so it, it feels like it feels like a small, small home. Wow, you know what? I gotta yeah. say, I actually haven't looked at the cover art t- too closely. Mm-hmm. I for the longest time, I just looked at it, and it looked like curtains to me, mm. like blue curtains. But now it's like, holy crap! You're right. Yeah, it's a cabin in in the woods. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> but like it's a, it looks so small. And it looks so. Yeah. It looks like it's, it's just being dominated by the forest. Uh, like it's it's a small intrusion that's just hanging in there, and the forest hasn't noticed it yet. Sort of thing. I clearly just needed to pay more attention. To what I was looking. <clears throat> yeah. At how dare you? Well, you know, if I if I had like a big picture. Mm. Oh, here. That's what I was. So if you, you click on the picture, and then it becomes bigger. Well, yeah. it's only a little bigger. Oh, yeah. Well, the, bigger. yeah, I can see that they're definitely there, but yeah, definitely. Definitely looked at curtains. But me. it doesn't look very hostile. It looks a little cold. No, yeah, yeah. No, but it, doesn't it doesn't look, look it doesn't hostile. hostile it at all. quite it's, homey. Yeah. But, but still intimidating. So some very big trees. I like it, guys. I like it. Uh, two previous producers came in. Colby Wedgeworth, a back, and Aaron Marsh. By this point, Antelman, based on what I've got, had been joined by Matt Keller and Justin Camacho. Hey, uh, Camacho. Camacho. Camachi, Camacho, Camacho, whatever. Hey. What do you think of Run Wild? <laughs> I call it Pop Anthem the Album. <laughs> <laughs> Very reminiscent of a lot of indie pop slash rock bands of the time, though on the better side of that genre. Like, like this is kind of the music that I think Imagine Dragons keeps trying to make. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But they don't succeed. I hope Kim doesn't like Imagine Dragons. This is not the last time we're going to mention them. Uh, look, look. If they had any gusto, they wouldn't just be imagining dragons. They'd actually conjure them. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry. I, I, like, I just, I, there's very few bands that bore me the way that they do. Uh, part, of it, part of it, I'm sorry, is like how, <laughs> how over-the-top masculine they present themselves. It's like... He's like doing shadow boxing and videos and stuff, and like banging a drum like he's this oh, big. Hey, dude, like, you know, like I, I, my comments, my commentary is not on how fit he is because no, he looks no, great. I, 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 he looks great. <laughs> but the point is, is that I mean, they need to stop pretending as if they're making like this hardcore aggressive rock music. They're a pop band, and that's fine. But I mean, like, it's he's just like I'm hardcore pop. You know, it's like, you're you're hilarious, guys. You're hilarious. (laughs) Like, all right, let's go box in. Pop goes my heart. (laughs) All right, can you imagine? Oh, actually, you know, I I, actually I really like that song. Yeah, yeah. The pop goes my heart heart is fantastic. So it's so it's it's fantastic. Um, You know what reminds me of? I'm uh, I'm too sexy. 
It's, it's kind of, you can, oh, I'm too sexy though was like lampooning that sort of thing, you know, where the, the machismo and stuff like that in like the poppiest song you could possibly come I'm out with. Model, well, you, you know, know what I mean? mean? That's Imagine Dragon. Anyways, keep going. Doug. <laughs> How do we feel about Run Wilds? I mean, I mean, I do kind of feel like that covers most of what I have to say about <laughs> it. Is that like it just it just kind of feels very much like um, it, like a master class in songs for trailers and car commercials made for millennials. Uh. <laughs> um, and like it for for fitting that bill, like it is, it's almost kind of like the prime specimens of that sound. Yeah. Um, like the like like just hits the nail on the head, and it's fine. Um, but it is uh, it is conventional. Mm. But you know that it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know it's it's funny because honestly, they announced when the album was coming out, they announced it was going to be a little darker than Devil. They said we yeah, were going for something a little darker. My first comment, though, was it was a bit of a return to a poppier sound. <laughs> Pay my mind, great percussion, dancey tempo, an, or- an overarching sense of fun. It was a standout track in the first half. Georgia is a great anthem track as well. It closes out the album on a high note. Uh, Run Wild, honestly, is brisk, exciting, fun, and very safe. The album rarely demonstrates the musical abilities of the band. When it does, it scores fairly well. Once again, though, the album relies very heavily on the emotional connection of Antelman's voice, which I think is, like, one of the most saving graces for the album. But, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I'm also torn between this idea, would this be better coming, because I liked Devil so much, would this be better coming before Devil and then releasing Devil, or maybe it's better with Devil being the one before it? I don't know. I don't know know how much of a difference it makes. Uh, You know, that's one of those things that you might need to know if you were listening to them as they came out. Yeah, yeah. But I find it very fascinating that this is the same band that puts to put together those uh those first cover first couple albums like Illuminate and This December, Da, all that stuff. Like it just feels very much like it, by this point it's like, oh wow, like this is actually a very different sounding band. Yeah. We got to kind of see that progress. Yeah. But now it's like, ooh, night and day almost. Cause again, I was complaining that there were no hooks. <laughs> in Illuminate, true. and now it's like, ooh, it's like pop, pop hooks all over the place. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I guess whichever one is better it depends on who, how, what you want to listen to, right? Yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Then we popped it this past year, only uh, really a half year ago, July thirteenth of twenty eighteen. We come out with liquor. First of all, can I congratulate them on the cover art? Because. I'm going to. What great idea. Well, yeah, it's a woman. She's under a tap, and she's she's drinking very aggressively. Like, her mouth is wide open. She's soaked drinking from there. But the name of the album is Liquor. Is is this woman, like, so amazingly dehydrated that, that she has to drink water from, like, an old, dirty bathtub, and she's got to drink it. But it's not actually water. It's it's liquor, or maybe it's like liquor, or you know, or, you know you what know, I mean, or maybe maybe, it's, maybe it's just a commentary on alcoholism sure, of some sort, like right? the fact that like people, some people come to need it like they do like water and like desperately, like she seems to want. Yeah, well, she you know? she need this was a woman who's clearly clearly in need of 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 water, and so if it's this commentary on alcoholism, where it's just like I haven't I've gone this long without a drink. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I like it. I, it's, it's so different from their other cover art with the exception of maybe devil, but I mean, there's so many things unsaid and so many interesting implications. So I like it. Yeah. You know, Uh, it makes you make it, uh, it's good for you to think. Yeah. So if you don't like to think very much, I just thought I'd let you know before I drop that shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Antelman and Keller, Matt Keller. I don't know what happened to Justin Camacho. Uh, uh, where'd you go, we'll Camacho? Camacho. <laughs> um, they are now joined by bassist Sean Strader. And I know that this is getting harder and harder to keep track of, but Facebook says that this is the current lineup, those three guys. And then I, I said, well, maybe it's listed on the physical release. Don't know. Oh. Don't know. Uh, it's produced by Eric Palmquist, who has also done Mute Math. So when I read that, I was just like, oh, is this going to be a more rock-oriented album? Maybe. What did you think? I would say the answer to that is no. <laughs> no it is not going to be a more rock, rock like anthem uh, it is a it is an interesting stripped down approach because it has a mu- much more heavier reliance on synthesizer than guitar <clears throat> in fact there was a one of the earlier tracks uh, I can't remember which one it was uh, Lie to Me I want, I'm going to throw a guess out there it could be Friends um, has guitar but it is produced way down so that it is, is very much in the backdrop uh, to uh, the vocals and the synthesizer. Overall, there's some good ideas. Usually, like synth-driven albums, you kind of find is being more heavily produced, but then this is not the case here. Sometimes they're they feel almost some of the tracks feel like demos, but like high quality demos. Like, like okay, like you know, like it, it's it's like passable. But I just feel like a lot of these songs need more. Like they're they're just unfinished. The, uh, yeah, there's just it's so stripped down. But uh, I guess the, one of the exceptions is I feel like the song "Way You Want It." Mm. Um, that one feels complete to me. Like it, it feels like a, like they had that one nailed down pretty good. I, I like a lot of the stuff in here. Like there's nothing that I think is um, is bad. But I, I I do get the sense of untapped potential within these songs um, that they could have been just something in either the production or just a few more layers of of um of composure that could have brought out even more out of them i think i liked it a little more than you did it opens with sunlight which i thought had a visually striking music video it basically there was a redhead who was tormenting a hairy hipster exposing him to a lifestyle he didn't seem keen on um like shaving i don't recall but (laughs) we can only only assume that that was on the menu yeah because you have to admit, there's a, there's a point where there's a beard grows out and mm-hmm. it's just not good anymore. No, no, it's like this, you just look like you're a lazy slob. Yeah, it's just it's not cool. You just got you just gotta you just gotta know like, lazy. There's good beards and there's yeah, it's, you know there's, there's some not good beards. Yeah, it's just like it's like oh you're troll. I mean, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, the vocal modulation is back, but used to punctuate mood, not to be a kitschy sort of cheeky nonsense. Friends is a little more of a typical track, but the vocal layering made it noteworthy for me. Lydia continues to juxtapose sweet and harmonious uh, vocals against aggressive and sharp drumming. Lie to me is a good example of this. Fellow label mate Lauren Ruth Ward joins on vocals for the lights, and I remember suddenly how much I missed the vocal, female vocal offset from mm-hmm. the earlier yeah, album. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's right. That was actually, that was a highlight for me for for the certainly that's the first that's album. A good point. It definitely uh, yeah. it definitely took me a little bit back to the early days, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I almost forgot that they they had a female singer. Yeah, yeah. And I think in part because he has a, he has a very effeminate voice. Yeah, certainly not a deep deep throaty masculine, uh, but a very effeminate, very emotional voice. And then when he's playing off an actual uh, an actual woman singing with him and stuff, it's I find it. I find it interesting to listen to. I find it interesting sound. Lauren Ruth Ward is actually, as of this year, the current front woman for Divinals. Divinals reformed, and she is 
with, uh, unfortunately, with a lot of criticism, they're new front women. Yeah, I don't know much about Divinal, so I will have to. Well, uh, you know that you touch yourself. Oh, when I think about you, touch myself. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the 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 one the uh, I forget the, the original name. singer. She's she's passed away. She now, passed right? away from uh, cancer, but she oh. couldn't she couldn't get ther- uh, radiotherapy or chemotherapy because she had scler- multiple sclerosis as well. So she died really quickly because she couldn't get any treatment. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, okay. So I. Okay, then I do. I know more of them than I thought I did because I. I mean, then again, I mostly just watched the Todd of the Shadows episode on uh, on the Divinals. You know, I could see why there'd be some criticism, just because it's almost like, well, why continue without your front front? One of the founding lady. members, though, who the guitarist, I believe it was. He's he's the one who's still kind of spearheading us. So. Well, and that's yeah. the thing is that it's like I'm not gonna. I I can't really comment on it because I haven't heard what she contributes to the band. Yeah, sure. I yeah. know that other bands. Some bands seem to work with changing singers, and some don't. Uh, so. Van Halen has managed to survive it twice, uh, and then the, the last time they ends. But you know, I don't think that there's any band, or I'd be hard pressed to name bands that once a person leaves or passes away or whatever, it's untouchable, and nothing good can come of replacing people. Maybe there's a couple. I'd have to think about it. I would hate to lose certain members of like Radiohead. Sure, um, but I, I don't know. Like that's the thing. If Tom York passed away, do you feel like Radiohead could continue? That's the thing. That's, yeah, and you know that's the question. Personally, I don't. But I wouldn't. Dis- if they release something, I wouldn't be like, I refuse to listen to this. How dare they? That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you always kind of have to give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. If they felt if the you know Johnny Greenwood and. Ed O'Brien and, and, and the others were Actually, just like... in the case of Radiohead, maybe I'd just say go instrumental. Yeah. Um, they Because they're the kind of band that could do that. Yeah. But it depends. Like If, if they say, look, there's there's some other material we, we want to do and we want to have a vocalist and stuff, I'll listen to it, right? Same with you too. If, you know, Edge left and was replaced by someone else, I mean, I, I would definitely say, how can they do this without the Edge? But I'd listen to it. I'd be very, very curious. John Frucciani leaving the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, it's not like they're they're. I don't think they're done or like making bad music, but I would say that there's something special lost with him having left. There's like there's just something about the perfect dynamic of their of the of the four of them that hasn't really been recaptured. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah. uh, that's a little bit of a, uh, a tangent that actually did have but very little to do with Lydia. <laughs> that's not true because, I mean, this, Lydia's a great example. Look at all the lineup changes. They went from a six-piece to a duo from a lot of their credits that, that I've been seeing. Uh, decided that the name Lydia was what they wanted to be credited as. Um, as if the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Is that necessarily true? I don't know. Again, I like to see like to see the the individual musicians credited, but I mean, if they don't care or if they honestly feel, I mean, I don't know, right? It's not an easily answered question. And also, yeah. we don't have the physical releases with us to really say if they're. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're uncredited. I would say that we just haven't. All been... music tends to be really good about that, though. That, that, that tends to be their thing. <laughs> okay. So, well. Yeah. Anyways, finishing up for liquor. I felt "Good Side" was a good choice as a lead single. It's fairly engaging, with a very strong rhythm section, pleading vocals, and a hefty dose of darkness. It reminds me of Imagine Dragons. You know, if Imagine Dragons were any good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so I'm not the only one who made the comparison. Fascinating. 
the album ends quietly and softly. Thank you guys. Thank you for for ending well. Uh, and it was a brisk ride. It was it was a brisk ride. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Like I guess on Lydia as a whole, it is uh, interesting to see a band evolve in this kind of way of uh, of becoming very out of sight of the box kind of uh, indie rock to kind of um, playing around with different aspects of within the box of uh, of sort of pop rock and um, but it it is pretty a pretty cool case study in how you can evolve your sound without feeling like you're compromising something mm. so I. Uh, yeah, I do. I do recommend listening to quite a bit of uh, of Lydia, especially. Mm-hmm. I think we were both in agreement that Devil is a pretty good, uh, a pretty good. Um, would you say it's a good entry point, or at the very least, just some, a, a good highlight? Uh, it's definitely a highlight. I don't know. I might. Hmm. You know what? That's a tough question. Uh, that's a tough question. Part of me wants because, well, because like I said, a lot of Lydia fans really hold Illuminate up. I almost want to revisit it, to be honest. Yeah, well. but I, I I agree. I did like I, Devil's my favorite album, hands down. <clears throat> um, but but uh, this December, it's got its moments. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every every album kind of has its moments. Um, but I I do also walk away kind of like not feeling like I've like oh like I found a new favorite band or anything like that. Sure. I, I uh, sometimes it does feel a little bit just too um, occasionally too safe or <clears throat> every now and then. Dancing around a little boring, but uh, but overall, I say overall it's pretty not bad. <laughs> there you go. This is a, <laughs> I just wanted to put on the next uh, album cover. Is all like in the review, like overall pretty not bad. <laughs> <laughs> overall pretty not bad. Track recommendations. So from this December, it's one more, and I'm free. We'll go with a camera lens and careful days. Maria's vocals aren't modified in this, uh, so you really get the richness of her voice in which he contributes. We miss you, Maria. There's a fascinating time signature in this. The guitar work is complex. It picks up quite a bit near the end, all while starting to close the closeout of the album. And this, this to me was definitely a huge highlight for for this album. I really, really like the camera lens and careful days. Camera lens. Hmm. You know, uh, it does actually sound like you know how like when you're taking photo- photos professionally, you have to be very deliberate, right? Yes, yes. yes. Like if you're using film, and... yeah. <laughs> From painted golden season, uh, season uh, kind of exemplifies uh, Antelman's vocal harmony. He's, he's he's good at it. When he does it, he's he's good at it. Um, but when it plays out against percussion. And the synth backing up the percussion in this case, uh, you really have a fantastic, uh, you really have a fantastic sound. Uh, and it's, it's, I won't say it's a unique sound, but it's a very signature sound of theirs. I'd, I'd, I wish, honestly, that, that they would have flexed a bit more like they did with Season. As, uh, especially on that album, on Pain and uh, And then finally, off of Devil, Holidays. Uh, the guitar work gets to shine, thankfully. We have, uh, there's always so much potential. I feel like the guitar, no matter who the guitarist is, because we've had a bunch, um, they've always been understated, because they know that they're not the highlight of the band. They know that they're, they're a part of the they band. They know your place. Well, they're a part of the band that's meant, meant to kind of, like, emphasize the others. But in this case, um, we actually get, uh, the guitar work to shine. 
Oh, who the hell is going to devil? Oh, yeah, I even said, who the hell is still on this guy? See, Antoine's vocal Taylor's was Taylor's percussionist. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> we still get some of that sharp percussion work from Taylor. Um... And the punctuated vocals. Like, again, I honestly feel this is probably why Antman and Taylor kept working together is because they they worked well opposite each other. And Antman knew he's just like I need I need a good percussionist because they, they really make my vocals pop. And this is definitely a case of that. It is, might be the best song off of Dublin, and I, I felt certainly the best produced. So I'm just gonna go with two two songs if that's cool. Oh, there you go. I'm a monster. I know. So I'm gonna go with the Assailants off of. Assailants, um, because uh, I feel like this is this kind of is a, the perfect example of that particular era of Lydia, where they are working more with instead of uh, hooks, more emotional arcs, and I feel like this is the one where it really shows um, a great progression in the song, um, and it's really it's actually really nicely produced, uh, good usage of the guitar and. I mean, you know, like everything just kind of fits together really well, and it feels like uh, kind of a cool um, outside the box um, rock song. So you should check out Assailants. And uh, I'm gonna go with Devil off of Devil, <laughs> um, which is uh, you know again uh, kind of a uh, kind of a, a, a classic uh, example of the music that they're making at this point in time. In the um, which is uh, just kind of full of uh, really neat hooks and, and, and swells and uh, there's this really nice like happy for me, happy for me kind of like hook that like, really, is really quite memorable um, and it has this sort of uh, choir-ish sound to it like there's like, more than one person singing so, so there's some nice layers and I just feel like it, 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 it is um, Despite it kind of not being a very long song, it's, it's got this really cool, uh, just dramatic flair to it. It doesn't, and but it doesn't feel like it's forced. It feels kind of like this naturally earned. So um, yeah, I think it's a good like fist bump in the air kind of track. You know, empowerment of young people and blah blah blah. That kind of that kind of fun stuff that that you use to love so much, right? Yeah, check it out. Devil by Lydia. Boom. Boom. Bada boom, bada bing, bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. Who else? So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry that took so long, everybody. Uh, I feel, I feel, feel partially responsible. I just, I, just I was also, a... I was also working two jobs. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. Was, yeah, yeah. That by, by the way, congratulations on getting sleep again. Thank you. Uh, it is actually a wonderful sensation. Okay, <laughs> quick, quick side story. I learned <clears throat> something very biologically interesting for you folks today. Uh, not today. I didn't learn today, but I will tell it to you today. So I was super, super sleepy during that that last that last month of November for sure was really rough. It was just catching up to me because I'd been sick. Like I'd been really mm, sick for the yeah, first two yeah. weeks of November. I was sick. It had finally caught up to me where it's just like, oh, you had a cold and you're not getting a lot of sleep. So we're going to turn into sinus infection, which feels like two ice picks. Uh, one going into my sinus below my eye and the other going into my head above my eye. That's uh, Very not good. Rubbish. Like, absolute rubbish. And you couldn't use the same painkiller twice. I'd have to use a Tylenol. And if I tried a Tylenol again when the pain came back full force, it wouldn't work. I'd have to switch to an ibuprofen. Anyways. Ooh, yikes. Yeah. So, I was falling asleep at my desk. And so I said, I called up to uh, the guy at Exhibits. 
And I said, you know, do you need any help with stuff? He's like, yes. So I, I was like, this will keep me awake. I'll go up and I'll be up there and I'll be moving stuff and disposing of stuff and helping him out. So I'm up there and he's kind of explaining the disposal process um, for for stuff that's expired. And I'm, t- I'm talking to him, I'm listening, and I'm feeling myself drift off. I'm standing. I'm standing talking to him and I'm feeling myself drift off. And I'm like, it's okay, just fine. Just force your eyes open. And then I fall asleep standing. And immediately I pitch forward. And it's only the reflex of my foot shooting out to stop me from hit going face first, bang into a desk and onto the floor. And that woke me up. That woke me up. So I'm sleeping, standing up is definitely sleeping, standing up while talking to somebody is definitely a thing. A sign that you are probably a little tired. Yeah. He, uh, (laughs) curiously, but graciously did not say anything. (laughs) He's like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Okay. Am I that boring? Yeah. Out he goes. Wow. This is weird. And he's awake now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. So, folks, next time we are going to... We're going to be about halfway through the alphabet. Huzzah! And we're going to be catching up with uh, our good friends M83. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, and it's nice because I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the catalog. Yeah. It won't be as research intensive. Yeah. But uh, but uh, but I'm going to listen to it all anyway because, uh, you know, got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Got to brush up. Got to crack out uh, before the dawn heals us on vinyl. Take her for a spin. Oh. oh yeah. 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 Oh, oh, oh. oh. yes. <clears throat> I don't but, think I have any of their stuff on vinyl, actually. I don't have any of it. So, dear it. listener, what do you think of Lydia? What do you think of M83? What do you think of Kasabian? What do you think of any of the bands, artists, groups that we have covered on this show? Why don't you let us know? There's a couple ways to get in touch with us. The first is our website, musicazpodcast.com. There you can check out our show notes, leave comments directly on the page. It's all good. Go to our Facebook page, Music A to Z. Join the conversation. Occasionally we uh, we post stuff for, for comment, for discussion. Mm-hmm. Join the conversation. Have some fun with us. Also, you know, the, we, we like to sometimes just post a music thing that we like, like mm-hmm. a song. I'm like, you know, this song's good. I think I'm going to share it with my Music A to Z peeps. Yeah, on, I... On, El Facebooko. I posted um, a Today I Found Out, and that was Why Daft Punk Wears Masks. And I posted that, I think, just earlier this week. Is it Tuesday? Maybe late last week. Hmm. Also, so I missed that one. Source this out on iTunes. If you can do me a favor, right now, right now, I know you're listening to this as you're commuting. So maybe not right now. As soon as you're able to, go to the iTunes store, search up uh, the podcast section, find our listing ratings and reviews uh i don't do this for me folks okay maybe a little bit for me but mostly for those people who are interested in shows like this yeah, the more ratings and reviews we have the more itunes will recommend us to other people who are interested in content like ours and finally of course our twitter account at music az podcast at music az podcast there you can see some of the fun tweets tweet at us send us a message it's all good down in the hood. And you can find me on El YouTube. That is uh, Spanish for YouTube. Uh, yeah, please check, find me on YouTube because I post videos like nobody else does on the internet. But uh, but really, uh, check out moving underscore pictures or find uh, find Beast Wars Wednesday if you are into the Beast Wars, uh, which is a which is a great show from the nineties. Um, I'm just, I'm tonight, this very night, I am posting the Christmas special episode of Beast Wars Wednesday. Oh, holy cow. 
Merry Christmas castles. Merry Christmas castles. And a happy new yay, Sayer Doug. Yeah, Merry Christmas castles to you, everybody. Yeah. I, I do suspect this will be our last show before before the end of... Because uh... I'm leaving on Saturday for Calgary, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah, please uh, please check my on my stuff. Uh, we we're having a really good like month uh, on YouTube actually because of the the new Lion King trailer that dropped. Uh, we have a, a video about the Lion King. Ali hasn't seen the Lion King. Now she has seen the Lion King, and uh, that we got we got a huge surge of, of videos um, or a huge sur- surge of views that really like helps, uh, helped, yeah. like boost the channel up a little bit and now like yeah we're getting uh, like almost a subscriber a day oh yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool so you're up to like seven eight something like that seven eight what subscribers seven or eight subscribers yeah about there (laughs) (laughs) cool no i think what are we at now uh here steve i can look it up in real time gotta go to al youtubo let's see if we got any any more since uh since yesterday I thought you promised me. Promise you what? That you got one a day. No, I didn't get one today. Three hundred forty-three. Right on. It's pretty pretty sick, bro. Yeah. So please check me out. Uh, I would love I would love for this to turn into something even bigger and better. And uh, if you're curious, go to dougjcferguson.com, which I haven't updated in ages, so maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> okay. Anything else, Captain? No, actually. Cool. No, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. They're not a thing. It is finished. Music A to Z podcast is hosted by Stephen and Doug Ferguson and is produced by me, Stephen Ferguson. You should check out our other works at DougJCFerguson.com and StephenGCFerguson.ca.